Most of us, more than likely, though, have probably faced this kind of scenario. And if we haven't, then we may do so at some point. We probably will. This is the deal. Someone you are close to, a dear friend, a family member, someone in your church, small group, uh, a neighbor, whatever the case may be, they just had a loved one pass away. And to the best of your knowledge, the person who died was not a Christian, not a believer. And your friend knows it. And you're asking yourself, okay, I want to be there for my friend, but what do I say? What do I think? And what do I do? We've got Alan Mayberry with us here this morning. He serves as a staff counselor for Mountain View Christian Counseling. It's a biblical counseling practice in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, he wrote an article about this that was posted online, and it caught my eye. And I'm thinking, man, I want to talk to Alan about this, because I think this could help a lot of us. So, Alan, good morning to you, my friend. How are you? Good morning, guys. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. You you. bet. Okay, so here we are. I pretty much laid the groundwork for all of this. Um, This is such a challenging situation. Do you have a personal story regarding this yourself? Well, the, uh, the, the impetus for writing the article was um, my wife and I uh, do have some, uh, some people in our uh, greater circle, I guess you could say, uh, who had uh, recently struggled with this very issue. And uh, it was a challenge to know um, how to think about it, what to do in terms of coming alongside those individuals and, uh, and out of the overflow of that. Uh, my wife challenged me to uh, write something, and so I put pen to paper, and this was the uh, the outcome. Mm. I'm so glad you uh, wrote this article. And by the way, guys, I put a link to it at Curtin Cave Mornings on the Facebook page. Uh, if you'd like to refer to it, it could be something uh, that, that you want to put in your back pocket. So, okay, what do we do? The question is just screaming at us. What do we do? How do we respond to our friend? Uh, you talk about at least three things that we can do that, well, it honors God. These things honor God and also your friend. So let's walk through them. What's number one? Yeah, well, for starters, uh, it's, it's human nature to want to um, have something uh, immediately helpful to, to say. Uh, we've probably all been in the scenario where, um, whether it's on the giving or the receiving end, we've probably all been there, but uh, well-intentioned people uh, who feel the need uh, to have to say something because they want to feel helpful. Um, and so whether that's uh, saying they know exactly where you've, where you've been because they've been there themselves, uh, which, again, is a, is a noble attempt, but the reality is even the two people, have gone through similar circumstances, they're still different people. Um, And to say to somebody who's going through this kind of struggle, uh, you know, I had a loved one die, um, or I've I've gone through other uh, trials and difficulties, I know exactly what you're going through, um, actually does ring hollow uh, with the the hearer. So the first thing you want to do is simply be be present. Uh, Weep with them. You don't have to have any answers. Um, frankly, in one sense, there, there really aren't any answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the biggest gift that you can give that individual uh, is uh, reflect the emotion that they're feeling to some degree. Um, if they're grieving, which they probably are, um, sit with them. The, more than any answer verbally that you can give, 
uh, is is just to be just to be there with them. So that's uh, that's the first thing that you can do. You know, um, before we move to the second yeah. thing, I'm just thinking about, and yeah. you point this out as well uh, in your article. Good example of this: Jesus wept, the shortest verse in the entire yeah. Bible, mm-hmm. and uh, Jesus mm-hmm. weeping at the grave of his friend Lazarus, even though he knows what's going to happen, he's going to resurrect him from the dead, he's still crying, and that that baffles some people. But, you know, what do you think is going on in that scenario with Jesus? Yeah, well, among other things, I think he's he's relating uh, to his friends, uh, to people who've been made in the image of God. He he, like you said, he knew exactly what was about to happen because he was the one who was going to make it happen. And yet, that did not lead him uh, to try to circumvent or to jump ahead and say, no, 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 this, this is going to be okay. You, you should not be sad. You shouldn't grieve. I'm about to come on the scene and, and resurrect Lazarus. Uh, the reality is that there, a godly response often is to grieve. And so Jesus... Um, you know, he was perfectly God, but he was also the perfect human. And so the fact that he grieves tells us there is actually something very good and right um, as as human beings made in the image of God uh, to grieve in those kinds of circumstances. So, yeah, he, he was relating to, and he felt deeply, uh, the effects of sin. Um, yes, he was about to resurrect Lazarus, but um, sin had still corrupted his good world, and um, and if it were not for sin this would not have happened in the first place. And so he was identifying with the pain uh, that his friends were experiencing. Mm, so weeping with your friend, and secondly, uh, reminding your friend that the eternal destiny of their loved one, at the end of the day, it's not known with absolute certainty by anyone mm-hmm. except God, right? Mm-hmm. That, no, that's exactly right. Um, what I've seen happen uh, many times before, uh, in, in this kind of scenario where somebody, um, they, have, they have a loved one die, and uh, it is not known for sure uh, that this loved one was a believer. They had not, to their knowledge, uh, made a profession of faith. On top of that, um, they did not live as a Christian uh, would in terms of lifestyle, um, spiritual habits, going to church, uh, talking about the Lord, that sort of thing. Um, and yet, they, they, there's a tendency to, to want to cling. Uh, you know, maybe they uh, uh, verbalized, maybe their friend had verbalized doubts, um, but was still in their own way trying to wrestle um, with the faith. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe they did not outright say that they reject Jesus. Maybe they uh, did read Scripture or talk about the Lord to some degree, and so there's this uh, this idea of, of wanting to hang on to some some hope there, um, if it's uh, if it's in a gray area. And so just just a reminder to uh, to a friend. Um, at the end of the day, we do not know. And, and conversely, if we're if we're being honest, uh, a lot of times we don't fully know, uh, even for those who profess faith. Uh, it, it could be the opposite. Um, and so at the end of the day, uh, those things are in, are in the hand of the Lord, and, um, and we have to entrust uh, that outcome to Him. And, um, you know, there was, I think this was in the article as well, uh, there was uh, a pastor who had gone to a seminary, um, 
and had uh, mentioned that the the, uh, the two thieves, uh, one on either side of the cross of Jesus, well, one clearly um, had a change of heart, but the other one was antagonistic. Um, the one who had a had a change of heart, there's no way that his family and friends would have known that he had that change of heart, that God gripped his heart uh, in those last moments until they get to heaven. Um, and so we have to entrust that to the Lord. Well, Amen. We hope this uh, conversation is, is helpful for you. Again, uh, you may have experienced this, or maybe you're going through it right now, uh, maybe in the past, maybe you haven't, but I guarantee you, uh, you will at some point, and and that's really important for us to be prepared ahead of time, uh, before the crisis, before the situation. That's why you need to store up the Word of God in your heart. One of the many reasons why is because we're making deposits into our faith account, and we're getting to know God better because we're going to have to make some withdrawals uh, later on. The hardest and and the best news. Uh, hard because we we. Uh, we like to have control and, and have absolute certainty in our own minds. Um, but it's also the best news. The best news is that uh, at the end of the day, we have to lean uh, into the character of God. Um, God is good. He is just. Uh, he is righteous. Um, he is incapable of doing anything other uh, than being who he is in the essence of his character. Um, and so, uh, you know, one biblical example here would be in uh, Genesis uh, chapter 18, um, where uh, Abraham uh, is uh, in Sodom, and uh, God has revealed to him that he is going to um, going to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, Abraham pleads on behalf of those those wicked cities, and um, his his plea is based in the fact that. Will not the God of all the earth do what is just? And uh, as it turns out, those cities were destroyed. Um, but uh, even then, uh, you, if you read that account, um, God was very kind, very patient, more than willing to relent. Uh, if even just a few uh, faithful uh, to the Lord people were to be found there, and there just were not. Um, but what Abraham had to do at the end of the day was he had to trust God's character. And so that's that's also what we have to do. Um, we have to encourage our, our, our friends or our family members who are experiencing something like this, uh, the death of a loved one, and by, by all accounts, they did not know the Lord. Um, is God, is, is he good? And, uh, and you know, at our friend or our loved one, they, they may really, really wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. And we need, to be, we need to be patient with them. Um, this is where it's so crucial as well, by the way, that... Um, I think you mentioned this, Kurt, uh, a little bit ago. Um, uh, this is something that we need to work through uh, when, the, when the going is good, so to speak, because if we have not thought hard about these things, if we have not leaned into the goodness of God, then when this comes, it's going to be a wave that just wallops us. Mm. Uh, and so we need to uh, encourage our friend gently and, and tactfully, and, and when the timing is right, this is maybe not something we lead off with right from the get-go, sure. uh, but we need to encourage them that God is good, He will be true to His character, and uh, and I'll add this too, if, if our friend <clears throat> uh, is a believer and yet they are still in this moment, maybe they really do believe that God is good, but they are still struggling emotionally in the moment, be really patient with them. There, there may come a time where um, 
um, you know, later on down the road, they look back on it on, on this current time and, and realize, uh, you know, perhaps some things I did or said in the moment of, of heartache. Um, I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad God was patient with me and, and did not, uh, respond to me or strike me with lightning just because I, I questioned, uh, him or, uh, or said that's not fair. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, at the end of the day, we, we really do have, uh, ultimately, uh, nowhere else to go besides this. Is God good? And if he is, um, then lean into that. And if he's not, um, then there's, you know, as Paul says in first Corinthians, there's, there's no hope period. So really those are the two alternatives. And so we lean into the goodness of God as, as the Bible describes it to us. I like that. This is so helpful. You know, I'm thinking about Alan, I'm thinking about pastors who are called upon to preach or officiate funerals of folks who are not believers, right? They're unbelievers. Here they are. They've got this great responsibility to be up there, but they don't want to be giving false hope to those folks who are listening, and yet you want to comfort them. That must be one of the hardest things that uh, pastors are called to do. Uh, absolutely. And I'm, I am not a pastor, but I can only imagine uh, that that would be... Uh, it, I would think that would be the sort of scenario that would keep me awake at night, uh, the night before um, having to officiate a funeral. Um, there's one one pastor I can think of right off the bat who's well known who um, uh, who one time made the comment that he would um, rather do any other kind uh, of a funeral um, aside from this kind, yeah. um, because in a sense it feels like uh, what what hope do you give? And, and yet, you know, there is a way I think. Um, to honor the reality, to not give false hope um, that, you know, Johnny or Susie or whoever, uh, that, that they're in heaven, um, a, a universal uh, kind of approach. That's, that's just not true. That's not biblically faithful. And yet, at the same time, um, honor their dignity as a, as a human being that was made in the image of God and use it as an appeal, uh, perhaps, there are individuals who are at that service um, who would be spiritually awakened um, by a presentation of the gospel in a in a moment like that. So it's I think it is a balancing act um, for sure. We don't want to give false hope, uh, but we also do want to give true hope. And at the same time, uh, uh, we don't have to be crass about it um, in terms of saying where we think that deceased individual is. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a way to be tactful and, and gracious about it, I think. Right, to be tactful, gracious, and truthful, and faithful mm-hmm. to the gospel and what it, uh, what it really is. And you know what? It's at a, 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 situ- at a funeral, you know, a situation like this. That's when you really get people's attention who normally aren't thinking about their mortality, right? I mean, here it is. Here's the reality. We all are going to die. And it gives them the opportunity to embrace this and face it and not just kind of go about our daily lives and ignore it as if it's not going to happen. And so if anybody, so it seems to me, is is spiritually open, there are some moments where we may be more open uh, than other moments or people may be more open to the gospel message than other moments. And I think that it would uh, be a danger to squander that opportunity to minister to them, uh, mm-hmm. because after all, we're all going to live forever somewhere, either in heaven with the Lord or in a very real place called hell. 
we got Anonymous joining us on line three. Okay, so hi, Anonymous. How are you? Most of the people that I know that lose somebody, they're already Christians. I mean, you know, and um, and it's easy. You know, I the, the, the Holy Spirit just kind of leads you. Mm-hmm. But just a, a you know, a stranger, somebody you run across, they're a little bit more challenging. And, you know, when I meet them at the gas pump or the grocery store or wherever, you know, it's hard to develop a relationship enough to find these things out. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking about, I'm thinking of it from this angle. I have been there, probably everybody has. You know, you go and visit, and, you know, you kind of have a feeling they're fixing to get on the wrong bus into eternity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're listening and waiting, and they're talking to you, and you're trying to, you know, be there and listen. Mm -hmm. But at the same time... Honey, I, I've, I've hesitated and kind of stammered, and I think, all right, um, all right, well, I'm sorry I have to leave now. But before I go, let's say a prayer. And, you know, you kind of put it all in. Yeah, but what you're talking about, Miss Lou, is, boy, that's something that we all deal with as, as followers of Jesus, right? Uh, timing is so vitally important. Alan, would you say that... Uh, following the lead of the Holy Spirit, and the the more the better we know God, the the you know the better we know the Word of God. The the more we hear His voice and follow that prompting, and um, it's all about how we walk with the Lord, and He can open the door, and hopefully we know when He's prompting us to walk through that door. I think sometimes we talk ourselves out of walking through the door, though. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think. Uh... Yeah, I've been there as well in that scenario. Um, yeah, I think that really is where you uh, lean into the, the Holy Spirit and you pray. Sometimes, you know, uh, it's it's a time constraint, and it's just, <laughs> Lord, quickly in your mind, uh, help. Um, give me the words to say here. I, I think, too, at the end of the day, every situation is different. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, due to time constraints, you know, if you have, or the personality of, both yourself and the other individual that you just met or who's a stranger that you don't know very well. Um, if there's more time, ask questions, uh, uh, you know, poke and prod gently a little bit. Um, if you only have 30 seconds, the, the reality is you may not have that much time to say anything. And that's where, uh, again, you know, speaking of leaning into the goodness and justice of God, um, at the end of the day, we also have to trust that he is sovereign. And if we're the individual, uh, that he intends to speak um, more overtly or more explicitly to that individual, Lord, help me to be bold. Um, and if we don't have that opportunity, um, Lord, really, ultimately, it does not depend upon me. You're strong enough and able enough uh, to uh, use somebody else, and uh, maybe I just do let them know that I'm going to pray for them and, um, and minister to them that way. Let's go to Karen in Ocala. Hi, Karen. How are you? Very well. I am a hairdresser, and I have a unique opportunity to have people in my chair that are very vulnerable, and they come 
and they share the loss. And it's been really quite incredible. I keep asking the Lord to take that burden because every day I hear such great sadness. I had a client walk in and she passed me a tiny note. It was just before Christmas. And it was such a tiny little note. And she wrote with her hands that that her husband died very suddenly and that mm-hmm. she couldn't talk about it. And and all I thought was, my goodness, uh, I have this opportunity and it comes often. Most of the time, they are people that have faith. And I'm grateful for that because even if it's Catholic, I could still walk through that and constantly put the light on Christ and the work of Christ. And the cross, the thief on the cross is my uh, stronghold, Mm. shall we say, because I know that God's will, I could guarantee God's will is that all would be saved. So my assumption then will be that his desire would be that that person that is sharing the loss that their loved one will be saved. As long as it's able up to the Lord Jesus, he died on the cross for us. And so I lean into that. And I hope I'm not giving false hope. But when they say no, that they didn't believe in God, I get quiet. Mm -hmm. I, I just, again, lean into the Lord for your own comfort and your own path. Um, and, and that's all I can say. But generally, people are open to the comfort of Christ. And, and Kate, the glow of the Lord Jesus flowed through you that day, and that mm-hmm. is exactly what he saw. Let's go to Fred in Lakeland. Hi, Fred. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for hanging in there with us. What's your story? Well, um, my dad, uh, 30 years ago, 20-plus um, anyway, almost 30. Um, he was, he, he was at a, a facility. He was, he had emphysema and my mom called. So she said, I don't think dad has much longer. I went over and at that time I wasn't, I wasn't living as a good Christian should. I was just living my life. Um, um, but the Lord used me that day. I walked in the door and I took my dad's hand and I said, Dad, you want to go to heaven? And he groaned. He couldn't. He couldn't speak audibly, but he groaned just a big ah. Oh. And I was like, okay, I got the key. So the Lord led me through a prayer, and when we got to Amen, Dad walked into the arms of Jesus. Oh my! Ooh. At the eleventh wow. hour, quite literally, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. And God is good. No. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I also want to add that um, I wasn't. I wasn't walking with the Lord for. 18 years. I asked Jesus to know my heart when I was 12 and there was no follow-up, no uh, discipleship, nothing like that. After um, I went to that little church and I accepted Christ, the, the people that invited me just seemed to have disappeared off the face of the earth. And uh, I don't know what happened, but um, what I do remember is that I was walking around the place where we lived and fell on my knees, crying out to the Lord saying, God, I can't live like a good Christian should. Um, but when I'm growing up, There'll be a place where I can, and you'll come find me. And that's where I left my relationship with God. Um, and then 18 years later, my father died. And, um, and I won a huge victory over the devil right there, walking my father into heaven. And, uh, and then the devil came after me. And I didn't understand it. Yeah. And it was a hard road. But what I have to say um, for everybody out there that's praying for a son or somebody they know that has accepted Christ in the past or had a relationship with him, um, just trust the Lord because he'll, he'll bring them. He'll bring them right where he wants them to be. He, there's no chaos. It's all a perfect order. Hmm. 
There's Amen. no chaos. Yep. There's a perfect order. Mm-hmm. And Fred, what you're talking about is God is in control, his sovereignty. Let's go to Cheryl next. Hi, Cheryl. Good morning to you. I uh, had a part-time song ministry, um, and I was invited to a television ministry to a minister in song there. And um, that day, they their makeup and hair person didn't, uh, they were sick and didn't show. And one of the people who worked on the program who took pledges and, and she would pray with people on the phones um, was a, a frantic because she had rollers in her hair and she was just, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, she didn't show. And I said, well, I have that in my background. I'll help you. So we went into a room and while I was in there, um, she was weeping and told me that she lost her mother and she never heard or received Jesus and she was just weeping away. Mm-hmm. And um, I know it was the Holy Spirit because I was there to minister uh, a song uh, in the Holy Spirit about the Holy Spirit. So um, the Holy Spirit is the one I want to lift up today in leading us to say the right thing at the right time. And so there's no there's no fear of false hopes. There's no fear of any of that because you are walking in the confidence and the leading of the Holy Spirit who knows what to say perfectly to someone. So at that point, and I've been using it for 35 years with other people, uh, enduring a lot of loss of my own and comforting believers, non-believers and such, but I always let the Holy Spirit lead. But this particular one, when she was weeping, I, I felt her pain and I said to her, after a few questions, and I said, your mother might have been laying there, and you couldn't communicate, she couldn't communicate, but the Holy Spirit is always there communicating. Amen. The Holy Holy Spirit was at her side, and Jesus was at her side. Beholding the beauty of the Lord, because I know he's there till your last breath, because he loves us so much and wants us so much to be with him. So I said, I know he was there with her. And how could anyone refuse the beauty and the love of Christ? at your side at that moment. So I say to you, how do you think someone could refuse at that last moment? 